Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in the windy city of Chicago, Illinois, with my good friend Bethany Bayless of the Money Millhouse podcast. Bethany lived in Chicago during college, and although she moved away a few years ago, she visits as often as she can. In this episode, Bethany and I compare notes on the best deep dish pizza in Chicago, share stories about the Cubs games, and talk about can't-miss attractions like the Bean. You are these three fun stories and so much more in this interview. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Chicago. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account. Hey, Bethany. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lee. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I know. We became such good friends going to FinCon, and I'm so excited to have you on the show talking about Chicago. It's such a great town, and I just can't wait to hear all your tips. It's such a great town. And I was very surprised that in all of the adventurous travels of we travel there, that Chicago has not been mentioned yet. Well, we had a lot of contenders, but I was saving that spot just for you. Yes. I feel so (laughs) grateful because this is one of my favorite cities of all time. Nice. So what's your connection to Chicago then? So I went to college in Chicago, right in downtown River North area. And I was there for about four years and I lived there a little bit after college. Okay. And so it's where I grew up. It's where I found myself really. And I go back frequently and just visit, but it has such a special place in my heart. So thinking about uh, about that, if you can describe Chicago or the people in one or two words, how would you do that? This is so difficult. There's so many things we can say, but I really feel like Chicago is so alive. If I could use any word, it's so alive. There's so many things to do, so many places to see and people to meet. And I always feel alive when I go there because I'm living my best life when I'm in (laughs) Chicago. That's awesome. For the people that aren't familiar with Chicago, what's the weather like? Obviously, it's the Windy City, but it's not windy all the time, right? So the Windy City is actually, fun fact, not descriptive of the weather. It's descriptive of the politics in Chicago. However, with that being said, it is right next to Lake Michigan, so it has the lake effect. Okay. So it can be humid in the summer sometimes, but it can be really, really, really cold in the winter. So Lake Michigan causes Chicago to be extremely cold, and it's one of those, if you're walking by the river in the middle of winter in Chicago, it is a bone-chilling cold that you have to catch your breath because it's just so, so cold, but that's what keeps it alive right? (laughs) (laughs) Or or you can die. uh, One of the two. (laughs) I suggest wearing warm clothes, bundling up, wearing layers, all of those things. But it's really nice in the summertime. It usually is in the 80s and 90s. It can get a little bit hot every once in a while, but it really has beautiful weather in the summertime. And the spring and fall are really moderate as well. But if you really want the true Chicago experience, You could choose to go in the winter, but I would suggest not that time. Yeah. The only time I like getting cold is when I'm getting ready to go snowboarding. So I think I'll pass on the the wintertime in Chicago. Yeah. Not a lot of snowboarding destinations in Chicago itself. Probably not. 
So, okay. So for people that haven't really been to Chicago or haven't been there a long time, if they're going to fly into town, what's the route they should take? So there are two airports in Chicago, O'Hare and Midway. O'Hare is known for being kind of like the bigger, fancier one. Mm -hmm. However, Midway has a special place in my heart as well because it's the smaller one, but it also flies southwest. So I always fly into Midway. They're both accessible through the public transportation. O'Hare is the blue line and Midway is the orange line. So you can get into the city through public transportation on either one of them. It just depends on who you like to travel with and what's your favorite airline. Yeah, I, I go to O'Hare a lot because they have the airport lounges and I like to get spoiled. Exactly. But I have a companion pass from Southwest. So generally tend to fly into, into Midway for the domestic flights. So when they when they fly into one of those two airports, if you want to go into the city, you could take the public transportation. Is that like kind of the best option or should people rent a car? That is the best option in my opinion. Hands down, it's extremely easy to navigate. There are apps out there, but you can even just use Google Maps okay. to help you decide which way to go. Just press the public transportation option. You can get into the city. It takes about an hour to get into the city from the CTA, the Chicago Transit Association. But there's a series of buses and just lots and lots of options. And it's cheaper. It's so much cheaper. And sometimes it's even better to take public transportation just because it's faster. I mean, you're in a city. Sometimes it can take 30, 40 minutes just to go three or four miles. And I wish I was exaggerating. <laughs> so public transportation, walking, always wear super comfortable walking shoes. I mean, don't walk from the airport. Definitely take a train from there. <laughs> One time I was trying to save money. I was staying in Chicago in the downtown area and you know, Uber can be expensive, you know, sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, Oh, here's a cheaper option. I'll take Uber pool. Oh my God. It took forever. It felt like we stopped every block to pick up or drop off somebody along the way. <laughs> you get what you pay for. Oh, that was a mistake. I will never make again. I don't care if I'm going like three blocks down the road. I'm not taking Uber pool. Well, and it also depends on like your luggage. I mean, you could splurge and get an Uber, but the other thing about getting an Uber from the airport, two things is one, it takes forever. Mm. There are literally hundreds of people in the Uber Lyft section and you will wait a very long time to even get your Uber. Number two, they charge you more coming from the airport. Oh, sure. Uber. So even if you just take the, you know, the train into wherever the destination, you don't even have to switch because oftentimes you'll have to transfer to another line. Even if you just take it from the airport into the city, your Uber will be a lot cheaper. Oh yeah. Just like one or two stops away from the airport and then hop your Uber or Lyft. Every once in a while, don't tell this to people, Lee, but okay. every once in a while, I'll take a shuttle to a hotel in the area and then get an Uber from there. Because it'll be one cheaper and two, you don't have to wait as long. Oh, like in LA, they the airport shuttles, they check to see if you have a reservation because so many people were doing from LAX. Well, I haven't seen that just because I take shuttles from LAX all the time because that's where I park. I've never been stopped for my reservation. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's kind of bad over there. It is a risk. I mean, if you want to live life on the edge, <laughs> you never know. What are they going to do? They're just going to tell you no, you can't get on. Absolutely. So back to Chicago, once we are in town... Do we just take public transportation around? Do we walk like Uber? Like what's the best way to get around once you're inside the city? So my best suggestion is to, you can get it right at the airport. You can get it anywhere that the train stops or there's a CTA bus booth thing. Okay. 
Sorry, that was not well stated. <laughs> very, very technical terms. <laughs> <laughs> but anywhere there's those machines, you can get something called a venture card. Okay. And venture card is basically like your ticket to the city. You can replenish it. You can fill it up whenever you need to. But what I have done is when I go into the city, I'll get like a three or a five day pass. And then I can just use it unlimitedly for that time. Or let's say I'm there for four days. I'll get a three-day pass, but when you get the venture card, you register it online. The venture card costs $5 to buy, but when you register it online, you get that $5 in credit towards any rides you need. So if you register it and you get that $5, that could be two subway tickets or two bus rides or something like that. So make sure that you register online and then you can keep that for the next time you come to Chicago or you can just do it all over again and buy it, register, all those things. So I highly suggest getting a pass. Public transportation really is the easiest way to get around the city, but there is a lot of walking as well. If you are scared of public transportation, you can Uber, but just expect to pay a lot more money. Absolutely. So I know in some cities, it's like it seems like the airport is like further out away from the city. So it may be in a different region. Basically using that venture card, it's all one price, right? Getting from the yes. airport or getting around inside the town? Yes. From my understanding, it's a certain amount just per ride. Okay. So if you come from the airport, you get more bang for your buck. All right. So one of the things I love doing is, is when I visit different cities, is going to see different ball games and things like that. Obviously, the Cubbies are uh, yes. very popular. Let's kind of talk about uh, the Cubs and like the whole area around Wrigley Stadium. I love the Cubs. I have loved the Cubs since before I moved to Chicago. I have to say there was a movie out there when I was a child called Rookie of the Year. And it was about this 13-year-old boy who broke his arm and then he ended up pitching for the Cubs. You know, those 90 movies, like they <laughs> just have great plots. And he, he pitched for the Cubs. And so I have loved the Cubs ever since then. And when I moved to Chicago, I loved going to the games. Wrigley Field is one of the most beautiful stadiums. It's been around for so long. It has the very classic scoreboard. They haven't updated that, so they still replace it with the numbers. You know, some of the greatest baseball players have played there. Wrigley Field is in Wrigleyville, which is in a neighborhood in and of itself. And there are so many things to do there. There's a lot of bars, a lot of sports talk, a lot of those things. So Wrigleyville is an experience. I'll say this though, Wrigleyville is kind of known for, and I apologize to anyone who completely disagrees with me. It's kind of known for like a frat boy kind of aesthetic a little bit. Like that's kind of where the boys go to drink (laughs) on the weekends and stuff. So, but it's still a lot of fun. There's still a lot of things to do there. And I highly suggest going to a Cubs game and just having that experience. The White Sox also play in Chicago. But I know nothing about them because I do not care for them. But it's (laughs) on the other side of town. I've been to both games. And I will say this. When you go to a Cubs game, there's really two experiences you should have going to a Cubs game. One being inside the stadium, preferably sitting in the bleachers in the outfield, right? So having all that experience. And what's the song that they sing at the end of the game? Go Cubs, go. Nice. Go Cubs, go. (laughs) Hey, Chicago, what do you say? Cubs are gonna win today. I'm sorry, what was the question? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, apparently you don't know the song. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's called Go Cubs Go. <laughs> Inside the stadium, you got that whole experience. And again, like the, the stadium is older, so you're not going to have as many of the amenities as you might have going to some of the more modern stadiums. But you also have that, that character, right? Obviously, the ivy that lines the outfield walls. Again, really cool. The other experience is actually going to the Wrigleyville rooftops. Yes. 
I was going to mention that. So if you aren't going to get a ticket to go inside the stadium, the rooftops of the surrounding buildings also sell tickets because it has a great view. It's sometimes a little bit cheaper, but it also has its just its own experience in and of itself. I sadly have never been to the rooftop experience, but it's really fun to see. I did it once. And although you pay a little bit more up front because it's, I think it was around a hundred dollars or something like that for our tickets anyways. It also includes unlimited food and drink. Yes, that is the big difference. And you don't have to go stand in line and all the other stuff like that and go wait for the bathrooms and all that garbage. You basically are in a house. So it has a full kitchen. They have their own food, unlimited. And you basically walk like 10 steps to go get your food and drink instead of walking and standing in line with like 30 other people. Totally. It's like a lounge experience, right? Like you pay a little bit more to get that. But once you're there, it's easy. It's fancy. It's nice. You don't have to pay to get food anymore, but it is just a tad bit more pricey up front. Sure. And then I also did a a game over the White Sox. And I will say this, it is a little bit more sketchier part of town. As we were driving to the stadium, we saw signs basically saying like no uh, solicitation or prostitution allowed, Oh, which was interesting. I I hadn't seen those type of signs before, but the game that we were at was a really special uh, again, you're talking about really great players. Jim Tomei was a great player for the White Sox. We were there for his 500th home run. Wow. And it was his bobblehead day. So they gave away his bobblehead and he hit his wow. 500th home run on the same day. It was amazing. That's incredible. Do you still have the bobblehead? I do. I do. Much to my wife's chagrin. She's not, not happy that <laughs> we've day, moved. <laughs> it's going to end up missing and you won't know where it is. Yes. Yes. I have that fear for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So we've nerded out enough on baseball and everything. Let's talk about some of the other things that, to do while you're in Chicago. Some of like the more classic things like Millennial Park. Yes. Millennium Park is a really cool area. That's where the bean resides. I guess technically it's called the cloud, right? But everybody knows it as the bean. <laughs> oh, what is it called? Like the cloud gateway or yes. something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's more lovingly referred to as the bean because for people who don't know, it's this big metal structure that looks like a coffee bean Mm -hmm. and it's massive. And it's really fun to go up and take a picture of your reflection in it, to take a picture of the city behind it. It has this really cool view of some of the buildings when it's reflected in the bean. And that that's an experience, but it's not a very long experience. So it's housed in a bigger area called Millennium Park. And in the summer times, there'll be concerts at this really massive, beautiful amphitheater outside mm-hmm. of Millennium Park. And you can go in the summertime, bring a blanket, bring your own food or for wine and sit and just listen to the concert. So that's a really fun experience. You can walk around. There's a lot to see there. The Arts Museum is out there. And then if you keep going a little bit further is the History Museum. And so there's just a lot to do in that area in and of itself. And for older guys like me that used to watch Married with Children, I think it's pretty close there, or maybe it's even part of Millennium Park, is the fountain that you see at the beginning of the show when they're singing, you know, Love and Marriage, you know, that song? I've never heard that song. Oh my God. You were, you were so young. <laughs> I'm going to buy a DVD or maybe, I'm sorry. Again, that's me being old. DVD, what's that? <laughs> I'm going to buy it on iTunes and, and send it to you. So that way you can watch an episode of Married with Children. Well, they might have it on Netflix. I could check there first so you don't have to spend your money. Nice. Just send me the money directly and I'll find it. Okay, perfect, perfect. Okay, <laughs> so uh, beyond that, one of the other iconic things to do in Chicago is formerly known as the Sears Tower, the Willis Tower. 
Yes. The Willis Tower is the largest building in Chicago, the tallest one. And there's a really cool experience that you can do where you go into this glass, a glass room. It doesn't describe it very well. It overlooks, you step out and you can see it from the top and it's super freaky for people who hate heights, but you step into this glass box and just can see the whole city around you. And then there's also something called the tilt or the lean where you, you're kind of up against this glass window and then they will kind of slowly lower you to lean over just, you know, for people who, who hate heights, don't do that. And I hate heights, <laughs> yes. uh, but I've seen lots of people do it, but that's a fun thing to do. If you want to see the city, another slightly smaller, slightly lesser known, but still very cool is the Hancock building, which is right on the magnificent mile, Michigan Avenue. And if you're walking around, Michigan Avenue is the best place to shop. There's a lot of really fun stores there. A lot of fun places to eat. Garrett's popcorn is there and Garrett's popcorn is famous Chicago popcorn and Chicago style caramel cheese and regular butter popcorn. Amazing. But the John Hancock Center, there's actually a cocktail on the second to tallest floor. And so you have to pay to go to the very, very top. But all you have to do to go to the cocktail hours is to just buy a drink. So if you don't want to pay for the experience of going to the very top, go to the next level where they have this tiny little restaurant with a little bar area. Just go sit and have a drink and look out over the city. It's gorgeous. Lake Michigan is right there. And it's also a really fun experience. That sounds really cool. A couple things like you mentioned, kind of overlooking the water, uh, the architectural tour is something that is one of my favorite things to do there in Chicago. Yes. And you can get tickets to architectural tour in a lot of different places. I suggest looking online ahead of time because you might get a better deal, but they do sell them along the river when you go, but it's just, it goes through the city and tells you about these gorgeous buildings, gives you some background. I mean, these buildings have such history to them and such character. And it's so cool to hear about them and what these buildings have been through, how long they've been around, which ones have survived the Chicago fire when they were built, the newer ones. And it's just, it's a really, really, really cool experience. I highly recommend it. Yeah. It's one of the things that whenever somebody goes to Chicago, that's one of the first things I always tell them. What's the park that's at the end where it kind of has like the Ferris wheel and all the other fun things? Oh yeah. Navy Pier. There we go. Navy Pier is super fun. What else is there to do at the Navy Pier? So the Navy Pier is really cool because it reminds me almost totally different, but slightly reminds me of kind of like the Santa Monica Pier. Okay. So uh, there's a lot of things to do there. There's a Ferris wheel. There's kind of some games, some arcade stuff. Then there's also some fun places to eat. Bubba Gump Shrimps is out there. And when I was in college, that was like the place to go was Bubba Gums. Like if you had money, like you went to <laughs> Bubba Gums, which now as an adult, I'm like, there's so many better places. But it's just a really fun thing. You you go all the way out and you, you're on this pier so you can see more of the lake. And it's especially fun to do during the summer because it is completely shut down in the wintertime. But it's kind of like that carnival, Coney Island, Santa Monica beer. That, that's the equivalent in Chicago. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, we've been there a couple of times and the kids totally loved it. So before we uh, run out of time, we definitely want to talk about the food in Chicago. So, Oh my gosh, we have to. One of the things that everybody talks about, and there's probably fistfights almost, talking about what's the best pizza in Chicago. This is a very debated topic. <laughs> People have come to blows over this. I would say there are three major ones. I'm sure everyone has their own opinion. Some say there's only two. Some say there are more, I'm sure. But the three big ones, the big three, are Giordano's, Lou Malnati's, or Gino's East. Gino's East is debated. 
not everyone has even heard of Gino's East, but for some of the locals, they swear that it's better than anything else. We'll just tuck that one away for a second and focus on <laughs> Giordano's and Lou Malnati's. They're very different. They're similar, but different. I would say Giordano's is a very, very rich pizza. They're known for their deep dish. And the very first time I got a deep dish, I am not even kidding you. It is three to four inches of cheese. Yeah. Of just cheese. That's why it is deep dish pizza. Like there's a special way of cutting the cheese on the side of the pan and it's this really big deal. Giordano's is extremely rich. Just, I can't eat so much butter, cheese, and dairy is in this. Yeah, maybe maybe you're going to eat like one slice. I mean, really, realistically. One slice was pushing it for me. And yeah. I am now, <laughs> fun fact, lactose intolerant. So oh, no. I can't. I can't even eat it. Like I can't even eat it anymore because I would die. Oh no. But Lou's is, it's a little different. The crust is different. I would say the crust is a little bit more buttery. They Mm -hmm. do have their deep dish. But what I love about Lou's is they have for people who maybe can't handle the deep dish as much. They have the flat crust pizzas that are incredible. They have the same crust as the deep dish, this really crispy, buttery, delicious, crust. Oh my gosh, I'm getting so hungry now. But it's in my opinion, I can handle it just a little bit more and I think it just tastes excellent. So my friends in New York argue that Chicago pizza really isn't pizza. It's like more like a pie or or something else because it's it's not like traditional, you know, fold the crust, you know, exactly. shove it in your mouth type of pizza. It's something you got to savor and again, enjoy maybe one, two slices if like you were absolutely starving. And basically it's it's crust it's toppings, cheese, and then sauce on top. So it's like the pizza slice upside down almost. It's 75% cheese. <laughs> like it's mostly cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, the sauce is on the top and they'll put the toppings at the very bottom. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. Uh, actually, when I was just there recently, I brought home a couple pizzas for my wife and me to, to enjoy. And one's still in the freezer. So I, I may actually cook it tonight because uh, talking about all this gets me super hungry. In honor of our conversation, they <laughs> do flash freeze those. And I've seen people carrying them throughout the airport. That was me. That was, <laughs> man, we could have been sooner. Absolutely. So, okay. There's other, other things to eat in Chicago besides pizza. And I don't want to spend another 10 minutes talking about it. Otherwise, I totally would. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the other things like Chicago dogs is like a big thing there, right? Yes. The Chicago hot dog is very, very popular. It has pickles, onions, and tomatoes on it, which is like, okay, that's interesting. But something else that you are not allowed to do a sh- to a Chicago dog is to put ketchup on it. It is mustard only. You do not put ketchup on your Chicago dog. So if you do in front of a Chicagoan, <laughs> then you might be in trouble and show that you're a newbie. But those are the Chicago dogs. I highly recommend you get them. They are throughout the city. Okay. Like you could find them in a lot of places. One of my favorite places to go is called Portillo's, which I have not seen around the country. I've only been to a Portillo's in Chicago and they have some of the best Chicago dogs or Maxwell Street Polish dogs that are just delicious. Like they are to die for. And don't tell anyone, but I sneak a little bit of ketchup to put on them when I'm alone and not in front of anyone. <laughs> Sitting in what? shame, eating the, the ketchup, <laughs> ketchup, the ketchup hot dog. The, no, never put it. Um, but another thing to get there, they have so many great things and it's just a really fun atmosphere, but they have these things called a cake shake. Okay. And it's where they put an entire piece of chocolate cake into a milkshake. Oh, wow. That has to be decadent. 
that, I mean, it's the equivalent of like the deep dish, but the sweet side, because it's really rich. You get the frosting and the crumbs and all of it. And I mean, when I was in college, I could have a lot of those, but now I can have like two bites of it. And then I need to go take a nap because <laughs> it's incredibly, but I, I highly suggest if you're at Portello's grabbing a cake shake. One other experience that I had in Chicago that was amazing was getting a steak over at Dicka's. Mike Dicka's, a famous uh, Chicago Bears linebacker, awesome football player, but he has a steakhouse. And one time when we were there, I was on a weekend with some friends, we actually met Mike Dicka inside the bar at this restaurant. It was amazing. You know, we just got a picture. He said, hi, Mike, how are you doing? You know, it was only five seconds worth of time or whatever, but it was still really cool to actually see Mike Dicka inside his bar uh, right before we went upstairs and, and had some food. That's very cool. Yeah. So it, it was the, definitely a great experience. So I highly recommend going there. Maybe you'll see Mike if you're uh, hanging out in the bar beforehand. So we've had a lot of fun talking about Chicago and there's a lot more to talk about, but unfortunately we ran out of time. Now it's time for the final countdown. So Bethany, if somebody only had time for one meal in Chicago, where should they go and what should they eat? This is so difficult, but I would have to say they would need to check out Giordano's just to say that they have. And they have to get a deep dish pizza, even if it kills them, but they need to try just so that they can tell people, yes, I've had a deep dish pizza from Giordano's and you can decide for yourself. Nice. I'm glad I won you over. Away from Luminati's and over to Giordano's. Oh, just wait till the, the next few questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's one of your most memorable stories of living in Chicago? Oh, man. I think one of the best things about living in Chicago is the summer after I graduated college, I finally felt like an adult. I felt like I finally had arrived. I lived in a very, very, very small two-bedroom apartment with three other girls we decided that it would be fun to share one room instead of splitting two girls in two rooms. We all had bunk beds in one room, so four girls in one room, and then the other room was our small library. We thought that was fun, but it ended up not being very fun. And <laughs> Nothing says adult like four like bunk beds. <laughs> oh, in my apartment, that was extremely dingy. Very, very, thankfully it didn't cost a ton because it was so horrible. But the location was wonderful because it was right across the street from the Lincoln Park Zoo. I was able to get up every morning, go running along the river, go running in Lincoln Park Zoo. And the beautiful thing about summer is there's always something to do. Always, always, always something to do. There's festivals, there's concerts, there's weird things that you didn't even know were a thing. Like my friend and I celebrated World Fashion Day inside the Waterplace Tower. Uh -huh. And we got these tickets and they were all different countries and like we got free drinks and free food. There's just so many things to do. And I think this summer after college will always really stick out to me as, you know, the summer that I was able to go be an adult to really enjoy the city, enjoy what it was like living there and being able to do all the fun things that the summer has to offer. So that's a really wide range of just a really beautiful memory in my life. That's awesome. Everybody should have those type of memories. <laughs> of living in a bedroom with three other girls in bunk beds. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So speaking of happy times, where's the happiest happy hour in Chicago? Here we go. All right. So one of my favorite neighborhoods in Chicago is the River North area. And there's a lot of places to go there. There's a lot of fun things to do. And Bernie's is a really awesome like it's a, a modern american spot and it has a very robust happy hour 
And the dishes include like short rib sliders with horseradish and like deviled eggs with mayo and like all these really delicious foods. And it's from 4.30 to 6.30 every single day in River North. So check out Bernie's. Right on. I'll definitely have to go check that out. Especially I like that it starts a little bit earlier. You know, a lot of happy hours start at five and everything. So being able to get uh, a little bit of drinks in a little bit earlier, maybe you can catch a couple drinks before going to the game. And I love River North. It's such a fun little neighborhood to go hang out in. There's a lot of young professionals there. I love that area so much. Fantastic. All right, so uh, maybe now you're going to get back at me. <laughs> the best place to have pepperoni pizza in Chicago. All right. When I answered the first question about where they had to eat, it was like, you have to eat there, but you have to decide on your own. But for me, the best place to eat pepperoni pizza is Lou Malnati's, in my opinion. You can get the flat crust. It's very traditional, but it just tastes so delicious. And I'm telling you, the buttery crust is the best part of the pepperoni pizza at Lou's, but go try out Lou's, please, please, please. And you can compare the two. I'll say this, Giordano's, when you walk into one of their uh, their spots, it seems like it's more modern and it's like lively and like you flashing neon and everything like that, right? But anytime I've gone to Luminati's, it's like a, more like a, a hole in the wall, mom and pop, you know, like traditional, like old school feeling when you walk inside. Oh, interesting story. I would say if you go to the original location of Lou's, okay. that is definitely the feel. But they've started making new ones throughout the city that they've started making a little bit more flashy and a more upscale. Okay. So there was one. Oh, man. What is the neighborhood? It's off of Rush and Oak. Okay. And it's this really amazing new location. Well, new it's probably like 10 years old now but okay. <laughs> it's it, it just it has that new modern feel but i know exactly what you're talking about yeah so you know obviously we've traveled to different conferences t- together and you've traveled all over the world as well what's the best travel tip that you can share my best travel tip is to have a go bag and by that i mean it depends on how often you travel but for me i have a second set of everything And my bag is almost always packed because these things live in my bag. So I have a second toothbrush that goes in my travel bag. I have a second set of makeup and toiletries and all these things. And everything in my go bag are travel size items. So I will always be able to just pull out my bag. I already have most of my stuff packed, maybe a few fresh clothes depending, and be able to pack everything and then always, always, always carry it as a carry-on because I have them all in the little travel pouches and that's my best tip. And this actually really helped me out recently because I always have my bag packed for the most part. Last week, fun fact, we had to evacuate our house because our house was in the way of the tick fire, which is was a fire in Southern California that threatened a lot of homes. And so we had to evacuate and my bag was already packed and I was just able to throw it in the car grab my dog, grab some really important items. And we peaced out for a couple days and thankfully everything was okay. But my travel bag turned out to be really, really useful. I mean, that's a great tip for both sides. I mean, one, yes. you never know when you're going to find an awesome fare that you got to ready to rock and roll and go on that trip right away. But also, you know, sometimes emergencies happen. So that's great that you had that there and I'm super glad that you're safe and uh, nothing bad happened to you. Thank you. So Bethany, you and I have known each other for a few years. You were like, this super awesome star that's uh, being an MC over at FinCon and everything like that. Plus, we played Whirly Ball together. 
in Orlando. Oh my gosh, which is amazing. Yes. If we ever do Orlando, that's the only thing I'll talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, for the people who don't know who you are, what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself and how people can reach you online. Sure. I, like you said, I'm a professional speaker and MC. They can find me at bethanybayless.org. I'm working on the .com, but bethanybayless.org is where they can find my personal site. But I also have a podcast and I host that with my mom. It's called The Money Millhouse. And every week we have a cup of coffee and we talk about personal finances and entrepreneurship. And that's a really fun thing that we do together. And you can find that at themoneymillhouse.com. Okay, so if somebody wanted to reach out to you, uh, maybe you want to debate Luminati's versus Giordano's <laughs> or anything like that with you, uh, what's the best way to reach you on social media? Instagram is where I am at. That is where my life is. I love Instagram, and they can find me at Bethany Bayless. I answer all of my messages, unless they're creepy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, let's not do any of the creepy stuff. <laughs> no creepy messages. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Bethany, it's been a fun uh, being on the show with you. Enjoyed so much laughter. I don't know if I've laughed this much in a while. Uh, and I've just had amazing tips for Chicago. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Look forward to talking to you soon. And I guess we'll see you when we travel there. Yes. Thank you so much, Lee. Bye-bye. Big thanks to Bethany for coming onto the show and sharing her tips for Chicago, Illinois. Show her some love by checking out her podcast called The Money Millhouse. And follow her on Instagram at Bethany Bayless. Send me a tweet at We Travel There to share your favorite thing about Chicago, Illinois. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash Chicago. We want to say thank you to AwardWalt for being an affiliate sponsor of today's episode. You work hard to earn your travel rewards to make vacations affordable. AwardWallet makes keeping track of those valuable rewards a piece of cake with their simple dashboard. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account today. For questions about an upcoming vacation, visit the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook for the best tips from travelers like you and me. Join us next time as we head to Raleigh, North Carolina to speak with Steve Mangano of the Curate app. Steve and I dive into the culinary designs and craft brew scene of, of Raleigh, North Carolina. Then he shares about a kid-focused park with a century-old carousel and some fantastic boutique hotels that you should try. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. <laughs> <laughs>